All right, folks, we're back for another hour of the Chicken and Liquor Hour. We have returning guests, uh, damn near a co-host these days. Uh, Everybody knows Dr. Clark. Um, Dr. Clark's back. What's good, my brother? I'm good. It's recorded, by the way, y'all. I'm not a doctor yet. Don't let Will lie to you. You got to speak it into existence, brother. Uh, What does everybody say nowadays? Manifest it. Um, And then we have uh, the big white giant. (laughs) Uh, Peace be upon you. <laughs> Keegs is in the building. What's going on, brother man? Oh, just you know, white things. What <laughs> what's the what's the whitest thing you've done this week? The whitest thing I've done that you can thank in the most recent couple days. You know, I was just thinking about like something super white I either did or said, and now I can't bring <laughs> damn it. Um we're going to come back to this then. I'm going to think on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it. Well, I think the blackest thing that I've been doing this week is I legit, I get off of work and get in my car. And I'm like, it's fucking white people, man. <laughs> as soon as I get in the car, that's that's some black shit I've been doing this week. Um, and then as soon as I get in the car, I go from saying awesome. And then I've been on my West Coast rap music all week. So <laughs> then I go in. And, you know, 90s West Coast rap music was some... And that was some harsh, vulgar shit right there. So I get in my car. I'm like, these fucking white folk. And then turn up this rap music loud as hell with a lot of bitches and fuck and shit and all of that good stuff. And it just makes me feel good inside. Keegan's over here thinking about the white. Well, Ja'Cory, what's, what's something very black that you've done within the last week? Um, just, you know, keep going up to work 20 minutes late, as always. <laughs> <laughs> and then leaving 30 minutes early. I was about to say it, then leave it early. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not going to lie, bro. This whole week, I've been getting to work at like 8.30 and leaving at 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I left at 2.45. I said, all right, I'm 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 out of this shit. I, being back to work full-time has been rough. So, yeah, he said, showing up 20 minutes late, leaving 30 minutes early, then getting yep. mad. Yep. Then getting mad if someone asks you, where are you going? Uh, you ain't my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's a uh, that's very black. Uh, cheers to that, Doctor Clark. <laughs> Keegan, you you have any white stuff yet? I mean, there's just so much. But the uh, probably the whitest thing I did was uh, officially like I brought in something to hang into my office that I've been wanting to hang as a joke for a while because um, we I still had it um, in my mom's house uh, and we just moved her over last year. Uh, but um, I'm going to put up a framed Lincoln Park poster in my office. So, so that's showing your whiteness and your age. Oh, 100%. And then <laughs> it, it, led me, it led me to ask like a lot of the students today, like, hey, what was like the biggest band when you were like, what band had like the biggest impact on you when you were like a preteen or early high school or you know, what was your coming of age? band uh and i did not like the answers so what were they like Kate, katie perry <laughs> uh so uh, so let's see um I one direction uh yeah i got a one direction i got a justin bieber i got a jonas breath i got an imagine dragons um there was something else too shoot 
Yeah, because I feel like when I was in middle school, that's when the transition happened from like rock being the most popular genre to hip hop being the most popular. Hip hop and like. Wait, wait, hold on. When was you in middle school, Jafari? 06, like 08. Rock had already started. Rock had already been gone for a while, though. That wasn't, wouldn't you say that wasn't really rock that was popular in the early 2000s, Keegan? So I think you could split hairs over it, but like, I still think like like adult alternative and then with like the explosion of like the pop punk, the emo scene. Yeah, because when I was in like sixth and seventh grade, that was like the height of emo rock and everyone yeah. was into that. What's who was em- like who was like emo rock? What's some examples? Like my chemical romance, Hawthorne Heights, um Huba Stank? No. Hoobastank <laughs> was yeah. Sim- sim- simple plan Huba or simple plan was probably more like pop punk okay i fucked with some simple plan and Huba stink though i ain't gonna lie that was my stuff wait a minute is lincoln what's lincoln park considered lincoln park is so, a- yeah that was the official classification it was like a it was a new genre it was like them corn let me say it again it was what new metal, new metal but spelled you oh. in you metal oh so just I, I, I think it was but for when hip-hop started becoming the more popular it was around like 2002 though it was like the early 2000s it was 06 was around the time when southern like 05 or 06 is when southern hip-hop really started taking over though when you start when atlanta like that's what they started yeah, saying the new atlanta southern hip-hop blew up like around the same time the emo fad was happening mm, okay yeah, because that's when you like when songs like Laffy Taffy started becoming like really big, and you're like, how is this becoming big? And then like 06, 07 is when Soldier Boy started blowing up from MySpace around like 06 and stuff. Because I remember it was my freshman year of college, and I remember his MySpace page and all that, and they play him at college parties. But I thought that he was only being played at like random college parties. And then I went home for winter break. And my little cousins, all of them, apparently Soldier Boy was most popular around all the high school students mm-hmm. at that time. And I had no idea because my little cousin is, he's born in 92. So he's four years behind me. And then my younger cousin, he was born in 97, I think. So he was like nine and 10, my freshman year of college. So he was talking about how Soldier Boy was the most popular for the nine and 10. So Soldier Boy, for, for those folk who are around like, 22, 23, 24, 25, like, he's huge with that age group. Are, what, what are you, 25, Ja'Cory? No, you're older than that. 26. Okay. But, yeah. So, talking about memories. Uh, today, we're going back to 2012 again, but this time we're going to uh, talk about the uh, movie landscape of 2012 and kind of how it's, I guess, different than what's today. Uh, just to go over some movies that came out in 2012, uh, you had the first Avengers, um, Skyfall, Dark Knight Rises, The Hobbit, Ice Age, Continental Drift, Twilight Saga Part Two, The Amazing Spider-Man, Madagascar Three, Hunger Games, Men in Black Three, Django Unchained, Unchained, This Is Forty, The Watch, um, Wanderlust, Wanderlust, American Reunion, Twenty One Jump Street, Project X, Ted, Pitch Perfect. And then uh, Chronicle with early Michael B. Jordan and Silver Linings Playbook. Um, so, yeah, out of those movies, like which ones like first catch your attention? 
Me? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would uh, just thinking back on it, just because of how well it's aged, and also because the movies are always hit or miss. Uh, like Skyfall is still like just such a damn good James Bond movie, mm-hmm. Bond movie, but just like an enjoyable like with in the way that it's like shot and and all of that. Like that still to this day, like that tower scene with like the black and blue lighting and how that's like shot and choreographed is just like so fucking cool the last like 30 minutes of that movie oh, the last yeah, 30 to 40 that. minutes is crazy dope yeah. yeah i can still watch that movie the whole way through one thing about 2012 is that's when i was still going to the red box to get movies from like i was still doing that back then going over to walgreens or mcdonald's to get a movie from the red box which is crazy but yeah i would say the uh dark knight rises skyfall and django unchained are, well, actually, I got to throw in 21 Jump Street. Those are the most, for me, the most memorable movies because I remember, like, I can still watch 21 Jump Street and crack up as well. I just watched that on Netflix <laughs> like two, three weeks ago, actually. And it's such a, it's such a dope movie. So I still watch that all the time. I remember a lot of people being surprised at how good 21 Jump Street was because usually when you do a reboot of like an old show like that, it sucks. Yep. But 21 Jump Street was so good. People were actually like excited for the sequel. 22 mm-hmm. Jump Street, which I think might be better than 21 Jump Street. Really? Better? Yeah. No, nah, for me, it's for me, it's easy. Clearly, the first one's way better. I, I enjoyed the second one, but for me, <laughs> that first one is a classic in my opinion. And I can watch that one the whole way through and still crack up. The second one has the different scenes that I truly enjoyed that was cool. But that first one was just was was fire to me. I remember with the um, what was the like the uh the Chinese hack or something when they when the um that movie with um what was the movie with uh shit uh Seth Rogen and what's his name came out when they was gonna kill or kidnap oh um the interview oh, the interview yeah the interview and remember that group or whatever hacked the uh hacked Sony pictures and was threatening yeah. to release all these things if they didn't if the movie still came out and I remember some of the emails that came out was that um they were trying to do uh trying to, uh, when they was thinking about a sequel for 21 Jump Street, they wanted to put it in a different universe, and they was thinking about putting it in there with Men in Black, so, like, doing a, a I heard creative that. universe with Men in Black and 21 Jump Street, and I think that would have been hella dope, to be honest. I think that would have been entertaining as hell, so, and then I saw Django Unchained in the movies, like, six times, and that's a long movie. I went to the movies to see that, like, six times. Well, that's also when I was in Bowling Green, and I didn't pay for a movie from like 2006 till I left and moved to Florida. So I was just, you were just walking the theater. As long as you act like you belong, no one's going to check you. Wow. So, but yeah, so I saw that movie like six or seven times, which they offered that role to, um, what's my guy's name that just passed away that was on The Wire? Oh, um, Michael K. Williams? Yeah, they offered that role to Michael K. Williams, but he was like, I ain't paying no damn slave. I thought they offered it to Will Smith, too, when he turned and it down. And Will Smith. Will Smith turned it down first, then Michael K. Williams turned it down, and then Jamie Foxx was like, shit, hell yeah. Because it's not just a movie about a slave, though. It's a slave. He's killing slave masters. Like, Remember, hey, remember Keegan at work when we would ask that question, who's your favorite superhero? I was gonna, I'm so glad you mentioned that. For the longest time, that was Will's favorite answer, like, when we would always have these, like, group interviews. Uh, what's your favorite superhero? Our favorite, like, fiction. And, you know, that way we could include books and TV shows. 
and would always get to Will, and he would pause and be like, man, yeah, I'm going to have to go with, uh, you know, Django just because, like, killing white slave owners, man. And, you know, like, nine times out of ten, like, it'd get a, it'd get a laugh or because there was, I mean, like, the, the workforce we have is still, like, super diverse, but there were just plenty of periods where it would be, like, predominantly people of color, and they would be like, yep, yep, we got it. But you can always tell, like, I want to say he did it, like, the one time Watson was there, and, like, Watson was the only one who didn't, like, have like, a good reaction because you just was like mm, okay now. that's a, that's <laughs> a little like, you're pushing it a little william yeah like i'm i'm sorry like are, are we gonna try and say that like cheering to like see slave owners like killed in a fictional film like isn't a good thing man come on <laughs> yeah. i used to say that all the time i've seen Django like six times myself it's one of my favorite movies i love it um i think it, we definitely should have won an oscar for that instead of like even before Wolf of Wall Street I think his southern accent in Django is amazing which is very hard to do for actors who are not from the south so any non-southern actor that can do a great southern accent automatically has my respect and he uh, felt really racist <laughs> he did like I was I was looking at him kind of funny after that but but I also heard stories like he had such a hard time using the n-word in that movie Yep. Like Samuel L. Jackson had to tell him, like, it's okay. Like, we know you're not no, like. No, Samuel Jackson didn't just say that. No, Samuel Jackson said, look, motherfucker, you're not going to fuck up my money with this. Say the, say nigga, and no, ain't nobody going to be mad at you. We know this is fake, but you're not about to fuck up my money. That's what Sam Jackson said to him, mm-hmm. which sounds very on par for Sam Jackson. Oh, 100%. It does. Because, <laughs> like, I, like, if I was in a similar scenario with Sam Jackson, he would probably have to have. The same pep talk with me but at that point I'm not gonna like... interview, um he did around that time where like it was a white interviewer and he asked him something about the use of the n-word in Django and Samuel L. Jackson is like what n-word and, <laughs> and the interviewer is like come on like you know what I mean he's like no I want you to say it or else I'm not answering this question hey bro that's what he's a wild boy <laughs> yeah yeah like and, uh, yeah he wouldn't say also, it so he was like, okay, I guess we're moving on. <laughs> I also love the fact that on the scene where um, Jamie Foxx and Kerry uh, Washington was pretending, acting like they didn't know each other, and uh, Leo DiCaprio's character knew what could tell something was going on, and he slammed that glass on the... Uh, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he accidentally cut his hand, and he kept going. To me, I don't know nothing about acting, but I was like, that's what an actor is right there. That is what an actor is. Like, Leo is... Leonardo DiCaprio, he's got to be what the we go through these comparisons all the time, but so we're going to do another one again. Leo is the who, like, if you had to compare him to an athlete, any sport, who would you say he is? Because he's one of the greats, but he doesn't always get the, the award like he deserves it. Everyone he's respects only gotten, him. He only got an Oscar once. Yeah. And and he's, for, what was it for? Oh, that movie when he was fighting that. The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. One I didn't see, but it's like for me, he's the even his lesser movies are still better than a lot of people's best movies. He's very diverse. So who's like like either you can say an athlete or like a rapper, singer, whatever. Hmm. I mean, my mind is immediately going to I'm trying to like run through quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, you know what? He's kind of like Nas because Nas has one Grammy. And it was for an album that clearly is not his best album, but it's still pretty good. And he gets the award for his the album that's not the best one. Right. Everyone respects him. He's an OG, 
and he's still doing his thing and he's evolved with the times, but he's still got the, there's still old school flavor to both of them. And he's, and both of them look good as hell still. And they both been famous for a long time. Yes. Were, were it not for like the last two months of what's been going on with this guy, I would want to use Aaron Rodgers as an example, <laughs> but I don't want to use Aaron Rodgers as an example. Uh, largely in part because I don't think Leo is, I mean, like, he isn't, like, so, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel like you could pick any major quarterback of the last 20 years, like, Drew Brees was incredibly consistent and only won, only won once. Like, Peyton Manning and, like, uh, more importantly, Tom Brady just ruined the level of success for, like, how we equate success with... Who's the Tom Brady of acting, then? Hmm. I mean, what's her name? What's who's the who's the white woman that they say is like the best actress ever? Who's oh, that? Meryl, Meryl Streep. That's Tom Brady. That's Meryl Streep and Tom Brady, bro. I mean, like, I, I was either gonna say Meryl Streep or uh, Daniel Day Lewis. So, yeah, probably one of those. To be honest, it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers, within just one season, became just the biggest jackass where people just really can't stand. Like it happened so quickly, though, and that's why. That's why, like me and on the last podcast, me and Jacory was we was and our homegirl Thugalina was talking about how these celebrities should shut the fuck up. And where it's so much better when we don't know any. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's still kind of old school. Like we don't truly know most of his beliefs. And the um the fight that he's picked is to like save the or save the water, save the animals. So ain't no one gonna fight him on that. So he's not controversial. You don't truly know a lot about him. At all, like there's still he's old school like that. He's like, I, y'all ain't gonna know nothing about me. Y'all ain't gonna start hating me for my opinions. So, yeah, I guess I will go. I think go ahead. No, you go first because I was about to like sort of change topics. Go ahead, it's cool. So I was gonna say another movie that stands out to me from that list you mentioned. Of course, as a Marvel fan, gotta say the Avengers that revolutionized superhero movies. And did y'all know, go to the movies to see that? I didn't. I didn't see the Avengers movie until maybe like a year after it came out. That was one of the first, like, huge, like, comic book movies that I saw, actually. I saw it off of Redbox, and I remember that the last, what, 30, 40 minutes, the huge fight scene, I was just sitting there like, bruh, this shit was dope. Like, they, the really, other, they really did that. Like, they accomplished it, you know? Bruh, like, when the movie was over, I was like, damn, what did I just watch? This this was dope. It felt the same way when I watched, uh, when I watched uh, The Dark Knight. Like, when I first saw that, because the Batman movies that I had seen were from when I was a kid, the Michael Keaton ones, where they was very, like, cartoonish, like, back in the day and stuff. And then I remember I saw The Dark Knight because someone had a bootleg copy. It had already been in the theaters and stuff. And I watched that, and I'm like, yo. So that's when I was like, you know, I'm going to watch these comic book and movies and stuff. So then I watched all the X-Men movies right after that. But I think they told me where I messed up. The first one I watched was Wolverine. And it had the shitty, uh, who was the shitty dude, the shitty villain in that one? Um, uh, shit, I forgot who, but he looked. Um, I know they had the worst version of Deadpool in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah it sure was. We don't talk about, we don't talk about that Deadpool. <laughs> and it's still, I had, I watched the bootleg where you had the green screen in the background too. I remember, I remember hearing about that, but I never saw that. And like, you could see them like flying from strings. Yes, that's the that's one I watched. Yeah, you should have, I mean, you just, you had to start with the, the, the original X-Men X2, which is 
still to this day a very good superhero yeah definitely uh and then you can see x3 if you want it's not great yeah i watched the wolverine first then watched x1 x2 and x3 x3 was definitely i'm like oh this one's not good but those first two i was like these are pretty good i had not watched i didn't watch any comic book pretty good huh so the first x-men is pretty good still yeah i haven't watched it in forever hey y'all remember the what was the wolverine in japan or something like that yeah because it's like the wolverine and yeah like i've never seen any of those believe it or not but like yeah it's one where he's trying to find like someone else who can't die or something yeah so okay so let's go back to 2012 uh keegan what were you doing in 2012 what was your life like (laughs) so 2012 i was still probably just I was still in grad school and I was still convincing myself that I was going to finish. I was still a TA, um, but I was still like teetering and like being like, I hate this and I hate myself and all those things and going through uh, the motions with that. I was, I was back in Jacksonville. I think at that point, I think I had moved back and I was still commuting uh, down to UCF a couple days a week. Um, so I was, you know, I definitely like it's it's funny because like I still remember seeing some of those like big movies in theaters with my foot. Like, I saw like The Dark Knight Rises with Dad in the IMAX, and we both loved it at the at the time. Um, we saw we all saw Avengers. Uh, if anything, even going through this list now, and I mean we we'll, we can get more to it later. But I mean it's funny like I mean Ghost Protocol. I mean came out that year, man, and like one of the movies that helped reboot. The- oh, I- no, that. no, that came out in 2011. Ghost I thought it came out in 2011. I think it came yeah. out. Oh, I saw Ghost Protocol in theaters. Yeah, December 16th. So at the end of 2011. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I was about to say because I would have put that on this list. So that oh, I'm basically, sorry. I'm sorry. basically, you can say that that's 2012. Yeah. All right, you're right. You're right. The list I'm looking at is categorizing it by like movies and how much they made within the calendar year not if they came out it came uh, out 16 okay. but it came out if it came out in december 2011 that's you can say 2012 though. okay yeah and that's and yeah so i would have i would have added that to this list if i realized that because i fucking loved that movie that was another movie where and i went to the movies to see that and i remember just leaving like damn that was like it was an experience it truly was an experience that was that was by at by that time that was the best Mission Impossible movie. Like it was it was truly dope. So it's kind of like when the fourth Fast and Furious movie came out, Fast Four, when they added The Rock and they made it so mm-hmm. much different. It was so much different than the first three. And Ghost Protocol was really fire. I would have definitely added that to this list. That's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. You know what? Randomly, not 2012, but what Tom Cruise movie I go back and watch a lot. Jack Reacher. I watched the hell out of that movie. That's my shit. I love Jack Reacher. I watched the hell out of that. And Day and Night with Cameron Diaz. That was a... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's got all the... That checks all the boxes for you. It's a <laughs> lighthearted rom-com, but it, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also, you know, goes a little hard every now and then. So, I mean, that's, that's a Will Thomas special right there. Just like how I watch, uh, what's that movie with Tim Allen and Martin or Wild Hogs? Oh, God. <laughs> I Ow. love that movie. <laughs> That's definitely a movie that I feel like you are going to try and tell students about one day. And they're going to be, oh, 
so you're a conservative, right? <laughs> right. Like, you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's got John Travolta and Tim Allen. and Also, it has um, Ray Liotta in it, but his face looks really weird in that movie. Uh, yeah, his face looks crazy in that movie. Uh, I got news for you. Ray Liotta's face looks weird in everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it look, And then Martin Lawrence is in it out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So... So that's definitely a movie where people are going to be like, oh, you like that? So you're a 65-year-old boomer who has voted Republican your entire life, right? And I eat Raisin Bran and Honey Bunches of Oats and drink well, cranberry juice. Hey, there I mean, is nothing fair, wrong with Raisin Bran and Honey Bunches of Oats. Don't, I'm about don't to say, to be fair, those are tasty and they keep you regular and that's important. So Yep, that's what I do. So um, so 2012, Kiki, what were you, what were you doing for fun? Uh, I mean, I had moved back home and I was still trying to finish up grad school and I was still broke as hell. So video games and that was and it. Che- and he was crushing up Cheetos and eating Cheeto dust. And drinking, on, and drinking the, that gamer fuel, man. And I was going on the, uh, on the Cheeto dust. Remember that one chick that when I was saying during parents weekend, I was like, yeah, Keegan likes to crush up his Cheetos and pour mayonnaise in and mix it up together and eat it like that. And that woman really thought you did that after I left she asked you do you this really complete this complete stranger who worked at the university just was like oh so like you like that right and I'm like ma'am no don't talk to me like I, I, I just miss how me and Jose used to tell everybody that Keegan, yeah, Keegan likes to just crush up his uh, Cheetos and pour, mix it with some mayonnaise, and then he just eats it with a spoon. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, and truly, of all the things that that motherfucker Jose did, <laughs> one thing that stands out to me the most was the first then Parents Weekend, now Family Weekend, the one we had at the union that I was a part of. Um, we had like most of the student staff working, and we were getting ready to do dinner that night, and we were like, mm-hmm. Like, all right, yeah, like y'all are gonna be standing over here and checking wristbands and this and that. And he got, of all people, Shin to come up to me, like look at me with a dead, like dead. Hold on, wait a minute, hold that. Uh this this young lady he's talking about, uh, English was not her first language. Uh, she had not even been in America for more than like a year and a half, I believe, or two years, I believe. She could speak English and understand it, but it wasn't her first language, just to say mm-hmm. that. So and she like came up to me and got in my way and was like, oh, I'm sorry, Keegan, but I can't allow you to have food with the buffet because you don't have a wristband. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I just kind of looked at her and was like, you know, I'm your boss. <laughs> Excuse me, Chen? And then she immediately like, when I say break, breakdown it's not like she started crying but like she like laughed a bit and then was like oh my god I'm so sorry Jose made me say that and then I just like look over and Jose is with like three other students they are just dying with laughter and I was <laughs> I was almost offended that he would dare corrupt Chen the sweetest person <laughs> true like truly one of like the nicest students that we ever had and that he would like try to bring her into a prank and do that. Chen's also the same person that didn't know what the middle finger meant. And she was in traffic one day and driving and someone gave her the, she said some white guy gave her the finger and she thought he was like waving or something. She's like, yeah, yeah. And gave him the finger back. Said, okay, thank you. 
Hey, that's funny as hell, yo. Um, so some random thing from 2012. Uh, people was upset Jamie Foxx wasn't nominated for Best Actor for Django Unchained, but somehow um, Christoph Waltz had a lot of nominations for his role. Um, I'm actually not mad at that. Why? Christoph Waltz in that movie. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, okay, I, I know. I'm I'm not mad that he had those nominations. But it's annoying that he had them, but Jamie Foxx didn't get right. them. Yeah, Jamie should have also gotten nominations, yeah. but Christoph Waltz did out-act Jamie in that movie. Uh, he could, It was Christoph Waltz in that movie was like Eminem on Renegade having a yeah. killer yeah. verse. And Jay-Z had a dope verse, but Eminem's verse was just that was a That was a perfect comparison. Thank you. I think that, yeah, was, one I, my, that was one of my best I got that one. Thanks. <laughs> I understood that one too. Thank you, William. First, first of all, it's funny when Keegan was texting about the halftime show and Jacory said, "Why is Eminem the first thing you notice?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, see, Jacory gets it. Jacory gets what I was going for." It was Katy Perry's uh, cousin, right? Because remember when Katy Perry made uh, made those uh, that Missy Elliott famous? You remember that? Y'all don't remember that? I was even definitely though I also. Even though I know you're joking. That made me mad when you just said that. <laughs> Because that is something like a kid today would say. Well, th- that's what they were saying. Like, they, uh, Missy Elliott's music was like number one on Apple Music for the next couple of days. And all these young people didn't know who Missy Elliott was. They was like, who is this? Who's the? And then didn't they have, um, then like Paul McCartney or it was somebody else. Some, uh, no, uh, Rihanna released that song with Paul McCartney and Kanye, which was a shitty song, like some three, five seconds or some bullshit. But then Paul McCartney's music got popular again because all these young people was like, who's this old guy that Rihanna and Kanye have on this track? But if y'all would have got on Twitter after the Super Bowl halftime show, you would have seen the age difference and stuff because you had, like, you know how 50 Cent was upside down because of how he was in, in, the, uh, in the club video. You had all these people say, why is this nigga upside down? Like, all these people was like, why is he upside down? I don't get it. Like, they then they was going to other stuff. Like, oh, he's upside down because of this. And all those people yeah. doing that. I really feel like there should be different social medias for people under 18 and people over 18. Bro, I, I swear, because all, they all just be arguing with each other, too. And I ain't gonna lie now, bro. I didn't have to Google some uh, abbreviations and slang and shit. I feel so old. I'm, I'm, I'm on Urban Dictionary trying to figure out what NGL meant. I did not know what that meant. You didn't know what NGL meant? No, hold on. Don't say nothing. Keegan, do you know what NGL means? Not gonna lie. Come on, that's that's just text lingo. That's not no yeah. thing. Boomer. <laughs> I did not know what that shit meant, boy. It's I'll be googling like I had to Google like everybody's talking about, like pushing P. Okay, that that's intentionally confusing. To Keegan, do you know what pushing P means? Pushing P? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> but I can't wait to find out. I'm so still just, you can't you can't just straight up tell someone what push and pee means. You just you have to explain it with examples. So okay. like, you know, if I finish getting my PhD, I'm pushing pee, right? Now, if you see an old lady struggling to like get inside the grocery store and you don't hold open the do- the door for her, that's not pushing pee. That's not pee. I should say. So so doing oh, something God, though. I hate. I hate it, but I also like, oh, it's one of those overly abstract things where it can mean, oh, oh, God, I understand it, but I hate it. So, okay. 
So it's so it's basically like anytime you accomplish here is going to be why Jafori is going to be a fantastic professor because a relatively abstract concept <laughs> and explained it very well and succinctly to someone who did not have any understanding of what it meant. Where did this come from? Who who Gunna, Gunna has a song called Pushing P. Um, I don't think I've ever listened to any of his songs now I think about it. Gunna has a few songs I like, but in general, I'm not I'm not a big fan. Because I've been seeing this Pushing P and I'm seeing the letter, the emoji with like the blue P and yeah. all of that. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? What do you did you just have an epiphany, Keegan? I don't know. I just looked something else up. Um, all right, so back to 2012. We talked about Jimmy Fox, Christoph Waltz. Uh, the highest grossing stars. Uh, the first one, Taylor Lautner from wow. uh, the from Twilight, the, the Twilight series. And right, it was that t- because him and Kristen Stewart was two of the highest grossing stars of 2012. Just look at how much to, it has changed from 2012 to 2022. I What's the last movie Taylor Lautner's even been in? And I think about it. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Taylor Lautner in it. Um, he was in Valentine's Day. Never it. saw Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh wow, that was him. Yeah. Wow. They just showed that as a midnight movie at the ASLC, and it like basically they're doing slightly lower capacity right now, but it basically was a sellout. He and- was in. He was in Cheaper by the Dozen too. I, I love the first one. Never saw the sequel. He was in Grown Ups too. Oh, he wasn't Grown Ups too. Didn't see that. Um, some movie called Home Team. Oh, the the fucking movie where Kevin James plays uh the Saints coach. Oh, is that out? Yeah, it's already. <laughs> you mean the movie that made Sean Payton retire? <laughs> it's yeah, Kevin James playing Sean Payton, and so Taylor Lautner apparently is in that movie for some reason. Um, I don't ever like to be like to joke on someone's career or whatever because he's made more money and he made more money off of six weeks of work than I've made in my entire life. But it is wild to see that from like 2008 to 2013, he was the man and he was a sex symbol with all the women. He was making the money, getting the big movie offers. And then after then he was the ridiculous six. Remember that Adam Sandler movie on Netflix that was shitty? Oof, he was in that. He was in some movie called Tracers. But yeah, so he really... Also, uh, I don't know why this reminded me to bring this up, but I got to check you on something again. Because when you were going through the biggest movies of 2012, you did not mention Mac and Devin go to high school. I have a question about that. Thank you. But you did say... Because so it wasn't to- one of the biggest movies, boy. What are you talking about? That is a cult classic. That cult classic, the reason the term cult classic exists is because it was not that big when it came out, and then it grows a following over the next couple of years. So it was not one of the biggest. You're going to compare that to fucking Ghost Protocol? Nah, I didn't say anything about Ghost Protocol. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, that's not one of the biggest movies of the year. I remember, fun, uh, fun story. Uh, this was around the time when uh, I had first started smoking uh, the Lord's lettuce. And so one night I was smoking that or whatever. And I listened to um, what was the song with Bruno Mars? Uh, when we were young, not when we were young, but you know what I'm talking about. Him, Wiz uh, Khalifa, Wiz Snoop and Bruno Mars song, whatever it was called. 
I mean, then we gotta, I gotta figure it out because Keegan don't know what he's talking about. I do not. I don't, I don't remember that song. Um, hold on, nah, we gonna, hold on, I got you. It was Young, Wild, and Free. That's not, Bruno Mars is on that song? Yes. He sings a hook? Yes, Bruno, Snoop Dogg, and Wiz Khalifa. I never knew that, but but when I think of like songs that defined high school for me, Young, Wild, and Free is definitely like at the top of the list. I was in, see, I was in grad school. But so when I, I got high and I listened to Young, Wild, and Free, and I was like, hmm, this is dope. And I randomly bought that album on iTunes because I was really high for some reason. And then I bought the album. And then at like one o'clock in the morning, I went to the Red Box and rented the movie. And I was like, man, I'm about to crack up at this movie. I'm so excited. And even when I was high, I was like, this movie fucking sucks. Remember uh, Andy Milanakis? Yeah. Y'all yeah, remember? Like, he was in that movie. Like, remember? I'm cast list now. And I, my first thing was like, holy shit, Andy Milanakis. <laughs> Will wants to talk about this movie. I got I in that movie. Well, also, you say I got peas on my head. Call me pea head. Like that. That album. Crazy. That album is kind of slept on. Cause you remember the song French and Hill that was on that mm-hmm. album. That was a dope song. Oh no, there he's say. I think he's got like thirteen songs. Like six or seven of those songs is really good though. It's it's not a bad. It's actually not a shitty album at all. It, no, it's good. Um. Oh yeah, and then so you had Robert Downey Jr. Still was one of the high Robert Downey Jr. for the last 10 years, for the last 12 years, been on the list of the highest grossing actors, bro. Shit ain't fair. Well, it's oh. gonna that's gonna change now because he, <laughs> he stopped doing Marvel movies and the only thing he's been in since then flopped. So have they wanna I only just because it comes to mind, I want to take a slight detour on like and it's it's a tie-in to the point of like Will talking about how so much can change with some of these actors over a decade there's an old Simpsons episode and it's probably like it's like season probably 11 or 12 so it's around like 99 2000 and basically like the they they get selected to go to like an advanced screening of a remake of mr smith goes to washington and it's got mel gibson in it and this is you know late late 90s early 2000s mel gibson is still like liked and he's respected and he is very big star and all that and then like homer gets his two cents and is like this movie is boring and he helps mill or mel like remake a movie and it's like a total disaster but like in the course of that like they're in hollywood and they're doing all these things and there's this one like cutaway gag that they do where they buy like a police shootout and like bart is like hey look uh like robbie Downey jr's uh shooting a film like there he is having a a, a police shootout and it shows him like you know from a window top looking deranged and shooting and then marge goes oh i don't i don't see any cameras and like that joke right there straight up is just like oh yes it is the late 90s early 2000s robert Downey jr is still like this troubled yep. who like can't get work and is never gonna like do anything and l gibson is being fawned over in this episode is like you know the hand darling who's won oscars and makes these films and is beloved and then you know 10 years later even from that you know robert Downey jr is like cleaned up and beloved and he's part of like the biggest franchise of all time and mel gibson you know that's a great example (laughs) that was is there is there a comparison for robert downey jr or someone who was a big star early on just like an athlete or somebody that just 
either went through stuff off the court, off the field, or just had horrible seasons, and then all of a sudden was good again. Is there somebody like that? Actually, you know, low-key, I mean, not he's not a champion or anything, but Zach Randolph. Remember, he started out really good, had those – got in trouble a lot in Portland, off the court, was getting arrested and everything, and then got to Memphis. And now he's beloved in Memphis. Like, he's winning the, like, community man of the year type of awards. I can't think of anybody outside of uh, Zach Randolph, to be honest. So we're talking about someone who, like, started out troubled and then – well, Robert Downey Jr. started out, he started out as a star. Yeah. yeah got in a whole lot of trouble, couldn't find any work, and then became dope again. So essentially somebody like that, that started out kind of like a star or just really good, got in trouble a lot or sucked. And then I was became trying to think of like a rapper, but usually when they start getting in a lot of trouble like that, they stay there and they don't usually have comebacks. <laughs> right. It's a shame that Josh Gordon never actually had a comeback. Man close because like he's very close sample but um shoot randy moss think about randy moss with minnesota how much of a star he was then he went to oakland he was shitty fucking sucked and then got to new england and started killing it again i think i think that's the closest example yeah we can probably find because like he came out and was like just incredible for a couple years and then he had a couple years with like attitude issues you know attitude issues and then went to oakland and basically just was like i hate this (laughs) Uh, and then he they basically were like come to new england belichick will keep you in line and you get to play with fucking tom brady yeah like almost the greatest season odell beckham low-key right now odell was about to be the super bowl mvp most likely before he got hurt i had that exact conversation with a student earlier this week yeah he was on his way to being mvp who fun like earlier this year tore his ac just like odell just did so there you go well just a a side story when i saw i saw iron man on his opening night with my cousin and when my dad picked us up from the theater that was the first thing he said was like i'm surprised they got robert downey jr to do this because back in the day he used to be in and out of jail for drugs and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah That's, that, that is so wild bro that is so wild to really think that like because you talking about mel gibson and robert downey jr and how mel gibson was the biggest star back in the day and everybody loved them and now look and it's vice versa it's the opposite now for robert downey jr like that's that's really crazy from from 2013 to 2015 Robert Downey Jr. was the highest paid actor. That's crazy to think where he came from and all that shit he was getting into. It's shit crazy, bro. Um, oh, shit. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson was one of the highest paid actors at the time. And wait, is this when Taken came out? Around the time? Yes. When did Taken come out? What year was that? Uh, hold on, let me see. That had to have been like 11 or 12. I think so. Let me make sure real quick. It, it was probably like oh nine. What year do you what year do you think? I'm gonna guess oh nine. You're gonna say oh nine? Yeah. Um shit. Yeah, uh oh wait. Taken wow. came wow. out. Taken came out oh eight, then Taken Two came out in 2012, actually. Okay. I never saw Taken Two. It was not as good, but it still made almost $400 million off a $40 million budget. 
And so, and now Liam Neeson, after that statement, when he said that a friend got what raped by a black person, so he drove through a black neighborhood with a baseball bat just looking for a black person. <laughs> Well, he didn't even say a baseball bat. He said like a club or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> it was like a blunt object. So, <laughs> but I feel like that's the kind of that's one of those controversies where we all just kind of move past it. Like after enough time passed, but it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm still gonna watch Taken. I'm still gonna watch Schindler's List. Like, what's but the also thing? his work has suffered though. He hasn't been in like he's not getting big time movies anymore. Also, it might be because he's old. Because if you watch Taken too. You see all like in the fight scenes now, they're cutting through all the stuff. You can tell where they're cutting it because he's old as shit. There's like there's a compilation on like YouTube that you could find on like the ridiculous amount of, that they cut those movies just because like they have to because he's super old and unathletic and <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> I think do you feel like I know Keegan, you're a little different because y'all really into the movies and stuff. But specifically, especially for Black people my age, it felt like Taken was kind of almost our introduction to Liam Neeson for the most part. Like, we knew who he was. I'm, I'm talking about for me and my group because a lot of Black people, like a lot of my friends, we, like, knew who he was, but we didn't know who he was. And after seeing Taken, that's when we was like, oh, that's that dude. We didn't treat Actually, him. No, you're right. Because the only reason I knew Liam Neeson before that is because I'm a Star Wars fan. And that, that's literally the only thing I knew him from before Taken. Like, I didn't grow up with a lot of people that knew Star Wars. I knew he was in Schindler's List, but I had never watched it until like years after Taken came out. Mm. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think I, that's, I think that's fair. I mean, because up until even Star Wars, like he was viewed to be like a, I do like art movies. I'm a classically trained, you know, British, Irish actor. Uh, and all that and then that was like a big you know open thing for him in doing star wars and then you know like when taken came out we were like wait like liam neeson's gonna be like a revenge action star and then people bought it and he's just leaned into it for over a decade yep. so hey, plus what's funny is after he made that comment about looking for a black person charles barkley on inside the nba he was like hey y'all just word of advice for black people don't be walking around in Liam Neeson's neighborhood because he's looking for you. <laughs> hey, man, when Charles Barkley decides to retire, it's going to be a sad day for sports media because inside the NBA is literally... Didn't he huh? Didn't he just announce that he's retiring? No, no he said that he's not trying... He said that when he turns 60, he's going to retire because he said he's not trying to work in his 60s. And I think he's like 58. Yeah, he so, said as he said when his contract is up, he's probably gonna retire. Yeah, and it's gonna be a sad day. Say what? I said I would have been retired if I were him. But like, look, you can tell he enjoys his job though. They having fun. Yeah, you're right. Like, they having fun. If if that was your job, bro, it might be hard for you to leave. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it might be hard. Um, I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than any like anything ESPN does now, like. Like, That's that, like, like Charles Barkley said, he was like, uh, he said, I ain't trying to work for no ESPN, gonna work me like a dog and not pay me. He said, they got me, have you out there on ESPN 1, ESPN 2, ESPN Deportes, ESPN Overnight. He said, they work them like a dog. You ain't doing that for me. And it's like, I think all the other sports shows are trying to get catch up and be like inside the NBA. But you just can't, you can't create that type of um, chemistry like they have. Like they have, it's chemistry. They know what they're talking about. 
Ernie Johnson is perfect for that role. Like Ernie Johnson's dope as hell. ESPN just they I mean ESPN like they got some cool stuff, whatever, but they can't they ain't got it, bro. They they just ain't got it. I do like I like ESPN's college football folk though. I do like their college football people. Um I just they just have too many shows where people are yelling and arguing constantly. And I don't I don't need to hear the yelling. The, the most yelling you get on inside the NBA is when Shaq gets mad at Chuck and he's like, How many rings I got? Google me Chuck. Rings, rings are rings. You're echoing, Keegan. Oh, am I? Shit. I had I just had to switch to my headphones. So he's okay, not, he's not right, echoing. Right now you're fine. That's it's okay. not echoing over here. Uh, don't ever interrupt me again, Jacory, and be disrespectful to the host. I'm trying to be. I'm trying this to be. Ain't, no, no, no. This ain't. All right, you ain't Stephen A. Smith, bro. I don't know what you. Are. Oh, speaking of Stephen A. Smith, when we saw Robert Downey Jr., uh, Jamie Foxx movie supposed to come out this year, All Star Weekend, where he's impersonating Stephen A. Where he's supposed to be Stephen A. Smith's brother, or uh, he's supposed to be Cleveland Cleveland A. Smith, and he's supposed to. Be... <laughs> Is this like a legit movie? Like a real movie? Yes. Do you? I don't know if y'all remember when Jamie Foxx was doing impersonations of Stephen A. Smith on his Instagram. That's no, for his no. movie. Like he's doing a movie called All Star Weekend that it was supposed to come out, I think, in 2020 or 2021 or something like that. But I think now it's going to come out. It's supposed to come out this year now. It's called All Star Weekend because, uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, Gerard Butler, Ken Jong's in it, Eva Longoria's in it as well. And it was being supposed to come out, I think. That's a great cast if we're talking about the year 2012. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a, not, maybe not now, cool. but that, that is a perfect cast for 2012. All right. Um, oh, so back to the highest paid uh, actors, uh Bradley Cooper. Um that Didn't was Limitless Limitless probably out probably out was that before 2012? Say it again. Limitless. What year did that come out? Uh, I think that was 2011, 2011. Okay, but Silver Linings Playbook came out in 2012, so that's probably correct. Okay. And The Hangover had come out in 2010, or no, came out in 2009, The Hangover did. Mm-hmm. So you had that as well, which no one was expecting The Hangover to be that big, and then boom, it just I blew just, up. I, just, I just watched The Hangover like two days ago. You know, The Hangover, it's about with the sequels. The first of all, the second, the second hangover was just awful. It was like a dark comedy, to be honest. And it was exactly the same as the first, just a different location. Yeah, but I kind of expected for it to be like at low key. Um, and then you had Jennifer Lawrence off the uh she had Hunger Games and Silver Linings Playbook. So she was one of the highest paid as well. And then Daniel Craig for obviously uh Skyfall. Were those Jennifer Lawrence's like first two movies? Because that's a really good like. Oh, okay. She had had some other movies. Um, she had like some smaller movies. Like she had an Oscar nomination for I want to say like a movie called like Winter's Bone or oh. something. Which, I mean, if we're gonna be honest, that's, that's a hilarious name. But um, <laughs> but she had been in a couple other things. But that was like her coming out period. Like her getting like this big franchise and then. That was like yeah. one of the first movies she did with Bradley Cooper and then that director. And then they did that like other movie that was like a heist and Jeremy Renner was in it. Mm-hmm. Or not a heist, but it was like similar. And then uh, they did that movie Joy. Um, so that was like her run where she was like the like, you know, we're talking F tier starlet. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that. an amazing year. If she did both those in the same year. Mm-hmm. And shout out to her. She's from Louisville also. So shout out to Louisville. 
Um, and then on the list of highest paid actors, you don't see a black person until number 21. Can you guess who that black person is? In 2012? Uh, is it? Yep. Is it just because I know this movie came out that year? Is it Denzel because of flight? I'm gonna let uh, Jacory take a guess first before I say. Okay, yes I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess Will Smith just because I think. I, well, hmm. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm gonna guess Denzel too because I think Two Guns came out around that time also, or like maybe a couple years before that. So um, it's Denzel. Two okay. Guns came out in 2013. Oh, okay. Um, and then, but Men in Black 3, Will Smith, that came out in 2012, though. Which, Men in Black 3 was surprisingly good. That actually was a good movie. It was, I mean, it's not hard to be better than the second one, but it was better than it had any right. That second one was awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Denzel. He came out, he had Safe House with Ryan Reynolds and Flight. That's right. Both of those movies came out. But Flight Two Guns, was, Two Guns was a really good movie, though. Yeah, it was Flight funny. Was, Flight was pretty. I told Amy this the other day. Funny enough, that like Flight was a movie that I saw in theaters with a bunch of family, and it was because like the other movie that we went to go see was sold out, and like and so keep in mind it's 2012. I'm in like grad school. I'm an adult, and I remember moping because I was like, I don't want to see Flight. And then, like, the first, like, the first, if for anyone who hasn't seen it, like, the first 20 to 30 minutes of that movie, like, are just absolutely incredible. Like, the entire movie is very good, and Denzel basically breaks his back carrying that movie. Also, John Goodman, who I didn't know was in that movie before I saw it, incredible as well. Oh, he's um, in, I've never seen the movie. He's in it? Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely deserves that Oscar nom for it. Um, so, if you've never seen it and you haven't had anything spoiled about it, uh, I think it's definitely worth it for, for what it is. So it's wild to think it took to get to number 21 for a black person to be on the highest paid actor list. That's uh that's wild as hell. Um we're all right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. All right, so uh, who do you think? Nah, that's gonna be a hard guess. Uh, ben Affleck won Best Director that year. What movie <laughs> did he win for? Ooh, I remember hearing about this, but I forgot the movie. I know what it is. Corey, you want to take a guess? He won for something where it was like no one knew he directed it before he won Best Director for it. <laughs> but I, I can't. White, well, white white people knew. White people knew. I can't yeah. remember. Once again, an accurate statement. <laughs> white people knew. Keegan, so King, I, uh, do you know? It's Argo. Yes, Argo. Okay. Uh, which John Goodman was in that as well. Yep. Yeah. John Goodman is a. I didn't realize growing up that he was like a hell of an actor. Because I oh, only knew him from Roseanne early on. So. Oh, dude, you've been missing out. Like he is, he is chef kiss, top tier, like A plus character actor. I like, yeah. Not even like I mean, he is a leading man, but everything like I've yeah. seen him ever in. He's just. Well, have you seen The Big Lebowski? Mm-mm. That's a really good movie. Um, I love him in Community. He's like, in Community. A few episodes of Community, but he's great. Wow. In that. 
Um, to kind of go back, we talked about Denzel right before the break. Uh, if you had to pick three to five movies, three to five movies that you can only keep for Denzel Washington's filmography, what couple movies are you Ooh, keeping? That's a fucking good one. Before I answer that, also John Goodman in Empress New Groove, amazing. All right, so Will Smith movies, I'm Denzel movie. Oh, <laughs> um, you said five. I made if I made that comment. Uh, Will would be having something to say. Well, guess what? Black privilege, buddy. Yo, blame, blame it on alcohol. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Black privilege. Um, training day for sure. Okay. Remember the Titans for sure. Um, Hunt for Red October. You know, I've never seen that movie, actually. Wait, did I just say the, the wrong name of the movie? Is he in Hunt for Red October, right? I've never seen. I thought that was a. Uh, it's, it's Crimson Tide. Oh, that okay. might be okay. it. Yeah. yeah okay. up movie. Right. Um. Yeah. This is a a personal one for me, and I know a lot of people don't like this movie. I might have to say Man on Fire. A lot of people don't like that movie. People love that movie. I've heard a lot of people don't like that movie. Oh no. And you shouldn't associate with those people. <laughs> and Philadelphia. No, you know what? I'm gonna replace Man on Fire with Taking of Pelham One Two Three because I love that movie. Really? Yes. <laughs> and Philadelphia for the last one. My mother loves Philadelphia. I think my mother shows her like show it shows your age when like a, a lot of times where when you talk about your favorite Denzel movies, like me and some of I was talking to my students about like Kanye. And I said, I can tell people's age a lot of times when they talk about their top three Kanye albums, because young people, when like at your age range, maybe a year or two younger, Ja'Cory, I know you're normally different than the rest of them, but your age is kind of like that line where y'all like, your age group likes the uh, Kanye Yeezus and after. Y'all like Yeezus and Life of Pablo and all of those. A lot of, a lot of people my age do, but I don't personally. Yeah, my age group, we love late registration, graduation, yeah. college dropout, 808s, and all those albums, and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. We don't really fool with Yeezus. And like, there are some, I mean, there are songs on there that I like. There are songs on Life of Pablo that I like. But my age group, we don't really fool with Kanye Kardashian, to be honest. Yeah, graduation yeah. is my favorite Kanye album. Um, I like 808s and Heartbreak, but after that, I'm not really interested in his music. But side note, I completely messed up the Denzel thing because I forgot about two really good movies I like from him. All right, so I'm redoing mine. So <laughs> Training Day Training Day, and um, Remember the Titans are still top two. Yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia, I'm keeping. But then I'm putting Inside Man. Yes. One of my favorite yep. movies. And then what was the other one I was thinking about replacing? Oh, American Gangster. Mm, okay. But see, the fact that I messed up and had to completely change my last three, that just goes to show, like, how extensive his catalog is. Hey, Denzel is Jay-Z of rap because they have a large catalog and their worst movies is better than someone's best uh, best albums and best movies. So True. Denzel is Jay-Z, in my opinion. So, so that's my five. So Training Day, Remember the Titans, Philadelphia, Inside Man, and American Gangster. Okay. Uh, Kigi. So my first initial reaction is to do glory. 
just because like his boy old as shit. His old yeah. ass. <laughs> like you you talking about that baby's like, I'm gonna go with like, you know, an old, old Denzel, like baby Denzel. And so and there are certainly things that we can say about that film. Um and like I still think it tells a great story, uh, but it is wrapped in that notion of white saviorism. Of course, of way... Keegan loves that movie because he and, wants to be and, a white savior so and bad. There it is. Okay, well, I, I gave <laughs> I gave Will that one on a platter because um, I love him. Uh, but like, it's just it's also just it's I mean, truly hard to find generally a good Civil War movie, True. and also like <laughs> any type of Civil War movie that doesn't also like do a wink wink towards the fucking like lost cause in the south yeah and all that so that's few and far between um other than that like the the list is going to be pretty similar like philadelphia is going to be on there inside man's going to be on there i feel like i need to re-watch man on fire but that yeah. would probably be an instinct there and then like it's tough because like I like sports movies are are interesting to me because like there's very few of them where I'm like this is like oh this is incredible like I watched it and it was good but like there's like so many iconic people in it and I understand why it's super popular but it never like it's not high on my list so God. I'm just trying to think because he's got so many good ones no remember the titans Nah. And like, believe it or not, I've actually never seen Training Day. Wow. wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Training Day might be the blackest movie he's done, so it's understandable. My mother okay. does not like that movie because my mother does there not like seeing Denzel as a villain. I gave I gave Will one on a silver platter and then there. I gave one to <laughs> Jacory as well. So, I mean, that is a, um, I don't even want to say blackest. That's the hoodest, the hoodest movie he's in. The blackest and um, movie. And then I meant to go see. I mean, this has been on one of my lists as well. Like Malcolm X has been on my list for a long ass time. Of course, he hasn't to seen see. the blackest yep. Denzel movies. <laughs> okay. Those are the okay. two. Well, I you mean, he said Glory though, but he already said Glory, so we got to give you that. Though. Yeah, I've okay. never seen Glory, so yeah. And so actually, Glory is probably the blackest one. <laughs> and Glory is probably the blackest. Then Malcolm X. Then Training Day. That's probably the blackest. Yeah, so many great movies because I want to say great debaters too. Oh yeah, that I forgot about that. So oh, I mean, give me give me my credit. I have seen the preacher's wife though. So that is a blackhead. Alfred, you know you're right. That's if you gotta talk about the top five blackest Denzel movies, <laughs> Glory, Glory, Training Day, uh Preacher's Wife, The Great Debaters, and, and then what was the other movie. we and Malcolm X. Those are probably the top five blackest. Denzel movies, to be honest. And my favorite quote, this brother's starving from Malcolm X right there. Um, I would throw Deja Vu in there. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember? Y'all... You're alone on that. Seriously? I saw that. I saw that freshman year, and I remember enjoying it, but I'm not sure if I'd put it in the top five. Oh, I love um... it. Uh, no, 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 never mind. I like that movie. That's not my top five. I was thinking out of time. Never Shit, saw that. You know, just like oh, just because time, I rewatched, that's... just because I rewatched, like the basically the like the ten minute scene that happens in the first part of the movie the other day, and it's just like still incredibly tense and holds up. Yeah, I think I think flight might round out my top five. Um, 
and all that. Uh, and I'm also like, I really want to see like the new movie he just uh, did as well. Like we just added it to one of our watch lists, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. So oh, I forgot about that because I'm hearing a bunch of good things about that as well. So, but like, hey man, Dick out Dylan. of time, out of time has Superman in it. Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Dean Kane. you know who Dean Kane is? I was just about to say. Um, that is another. I definitely great... heard his name. He played Superman. Yep. That's about all I know about Dean. <laughs> <laughs> My mama used to watch that show like crazy. She used to watch the because it came on ABC. That's another question that I think you could ask to try and determine someone's age. And just like, yeah, you know who, Dean, who is Dean Kane? <laughs> but I'm definitely putting because I love Out of Time. That's definitely in there. Remember the Titans is in there. Uh, a sh- shout out though to He Got Game. It's not in there, but He Got Game. Shout out to it. I think Inside Man is probably going to be in there too, just like Ja'Cory, because that movie is Inside sick. Man. That movie's really dope. I, I ain't gonna lie, I might put two guns in there because I, I fucking love that movie, bro. I I think him and Mark Wahlberg had some good, really good chemistry together. I really like them together. I do too. Yeah, I really like them together though. Um I haven't seen a Denzel movie in a little bit, to be honest. The last one, oh, the Equalizer 2 was the last Denzel movie I saw. Um all right, so underrated movies. Did you all see Seven Psychopaths? No. Ah, that's a great movie. Uh, I've, seen, I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but Seven Psychopaths is good. Hit and Run is good with um, what's those two white people that's married? Uh, uh, what's that? What was that show that just went off the air like last year? I think about um, it was about like they was dead. They was in heaven. It has, oh, you're talking uh, about Dax Shepard and uh, what's her name? Yeah, oh, totally. yeah. But so Dax Shepard and the white girl. Um, I can never really remember white celebrity. Jack Shepard is not in that show. Not, yeah, but I know. He was to- I was saying the chick they played in that show, Dak Shepard and her are in this movie called Hit and Run, which oh, is on probably. Netflix, which was really good. That came out in 2012. Then a movie Premium Rush with Joseph Gordon Levitt. That movie was really dope. Uh, can y'all, off the top of your head, can y'all think of any underrated movies? Well, Corey already said uh, Mac and Dev go to high school. Mac and Dev go to high school is Jacory's is Jacory's uh Chief Keith from when we were talking about 2012. Actually, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because guess what, Will? You know the podcast I send you, No Skips, where they talk about classic rap albums. Guess which guess which album they're doing this week? Don't say Chief Keith. Finally Rich by Chief Keith, which is the album I tried to talk about on your 2012 music episode, and you told me it wasn't worthy. I guess I ain't uh, watching uh, listening to that episode. That's a great album. Think about it. I don't like Love Sosa, 300 with Rick Ross. All right, whatever. I have my first underrated film from 2012. Here Comes the Boom with Kevin James. I just, I don't know what to say. Like, Kevin James... How does he keep getting work? Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, I forgot. Because he, to me, he just he just uses. I love King of Queens was my shit though. I will say I did love King of Queens. Cause you know I love a white sitcom. I love. But, but outside of that, it's like he just uses his fatness as part of his comedy. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah, Adam Sandler. 
Oh, you know what? I don't think you named this movie when you're going through 2012 movies, but Lincoln. Oh, I have that on here because I, that's what I was going to uh, say. That, uh, My boy is Daniel Day. I was going to ask you, can you guess who won the Best Actor Award in 2012? And it was Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't oh, know if I've oh. ever seen a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, uh, he was in Gang of New York. Did you see that? Nope. Okay. Did you see Age of Innocence? Uh, nah. Uh, have you seen see. My Wife and Kids? I have. <laughs> Hold on, let me look up Daniel Day Lewis because. But I I have my underrated movie. Whenever you're ready. All right, go ahead. Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I totally forgot about that movie. Love that movie. What movies have I seen from? And you know what's well, Daniel Day Lewis's filmography is not like huge. Like he's not been in a lot of movies. Oh, he makes like a movie every four or five years. He was he's in like uh, he's like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar don't just be throwing a whole bunch of music out. He takes his time, and you are gonna get it when you get it. But he's like Frank Ocean, Kendrick Lamar. He's like Dr. Dre. Like <laughs> that he's not just gonna drop shit. I've never when I look at this. Oh, I saw The Crucible. I remember watching The Crucible in middle school. How have you seen The Crucible, but you haven't seen There Will Be Blood? We, wa we watched it in school. He just said that. He had to watch it for school. Oh, okay. Yeah, we watched it Watched it in uh, like sixth grade or something, because it came out in 1996. So I was eight. Yep, I remember watching this in, in middle school. It's got baby uh, Winona Ryder in it as well. Sure does. So that's the only... That is why I didn't realize his filmography is really... Mm -hmm. Oh, The Last of the Mohicans. I saw that too. I had to watch that for school. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is similar to Leo DiCaprio in that they only do movies they know are going to be good. Yeah, like that's what Leo does. He makes he only works with the directors that he wants to work with that are good or whatever. He's not going to just take the biggest check. But that's how when you're dope, it's kind of like um like normally like Phil Jackson. He wasn't just going to coach anybody. He's only going to he's coaching Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Kobe and Shaq, he's not just going to go out and coach anybody. Pat Riley's the same way. So they're very similar, uh, similar in that sense. Um, oh, okay. So <laughs> the worst, the worst movies of 2012. I'm going to go through this list for you guys. I already have one in mind, but you go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you got? That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have that. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> that movie was fucking awful. <laughs> mm. I remember back then they had Andy Samberg as like he's gonna be the next, the next Adam Sandler. Like they made he's gonna be like the next making all those movies. Adam be, Adam Adam Sandberg, not Adam Sandberg. Um, what's his name? Adam Sandler. Andy. Oh, Andy. Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg is dope, and he is in some really funny oh, yeah. stuff. That's no, just he is dope. That's not one of them. Yeah, and he's not like a huge movie star like Adam Sandler became though. Like right, think about yeah. back, like, think about the Adam Sandler. Movie. This is what that was a conversation. Me and Keegan every couple months. The Adam we talk about our favorite Adam Sandler movies and when he dropped off. We always would talk about that. But aside from that, almost everything he does is fun. like every sketch or every like um, song he did on SNL was amazing, and um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, I mean now Andy and then he had that movie on Hulu last year. Um, oh, um, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. That was really good. It was an entertaining. That was a, movie. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, it was entertaining though. But 
um, some other worst movies. A Thousand Words with Eddie Murphy, where he couldn't talk and like he couldn't talk whatever. He had to write everything down. I'm not going to lie. I actually went to the movies to go see that. But once again, like I said, I wasn't paying for the movies. I would sell anything that was playing. I would like, I ain't got to pay for it. So I'm going to just go. So I went to the movies to see that. You had uh, One for the Money with uh, Catherine Heigl. Uh, remember, unemployed and newly divorced Stephanie Plum lends a job at her cousin's bell bond business, where her first assignment puts her on the trail of a wanted local cop from her romantic past. Remember at one time, Catherine Heigl was going to be a big star, and then everybody started hating her, and no one wanted to work with her. Yeah, because she, like, didn't want to, like, she just was mean. Like, she left Grey's for the wrong reasons, and then knocked up with this super big successful movie that she got to be a part of, but she distanced herself from it and was like, oh, no, I actually hate that movie and everyone involved. And so they were like, okay, so go do shitty rom-coms. And that's what she did for a couple and, of years. And that's how she did. And then she and and then she had like a couple failed TV shows. And then last I saw her, she was doing commercials for a kitty litter, I think. You know, but it's wild because oh, we were talking about comebacks earlier. Uh, what's his name? Um, shit. Who was what's his name? That was uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. He was on all those middle of the road romantic comedies for a long time. Yeah, then out of yeah. nowhere, this nigga is a dope-ass actor, and I had no idea. Like, he did Lincoln Lawyer. He killed that shit. Like, we found out he was a good-ass actor. Yeah, Dallas Buyers like, Club. He won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Yep, sure did. He lost all that fucking weight. Yeah. So also, another, another great movie from 2012. I'm mad I didn't remember to say this earlier, but Life of Pi is an amazing movie. Is it, though? Did you see it? No, it was just a nigga on a boat in the middle of the ocean. It's, well, it's that's more a simplification, than but <laughs> it, yeah, but it's it's a it's a great movie. All right, Mister Artistic over here, Mister Art House over here. Okay, you're the sensitive artistic one, bitch boy. So, <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> Anyways, um, you have a movie playing for keeps with Gerard Butler and Jessica Biel and Dennis Quaid. There was straight up, there was just a period where Gerard Butler would be like, every movie was action, bad rom-com, action, bad rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> and he would still like, I don't like, there's no, there's no hate there. Like he seems like Correct. a cool dude. And he just was like, he rode the wave after 300 and he, he made his money and, you know, so be it. Like that's what you got to do. He was in uh, what was it, White House Down? Yeah. Yeah. White House Down. What was minute. the oh Olympus has fallen was the other one? No, no, Olympus right. has fallen is with Gerard Butler. White House Down is uh Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. That's right. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like one of those like you know, deep impact Armageddon and yeah, and, shit and they like came that out, they came out within months of each other too, which was stupid. And I didn't realize that there was like two more sequels to Olympus has fallen. I like, they got they got London has fallen. <laughs> oh, I didn't so, realize they were connected. Yes. So I got some movies for you that like I forgot this was the year they tried to revive a lot of like old things, but like Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah. I got that on the list. I got it on I the like, list. I liked Red Dawn. Oh. Are you serious? The re- yeah, I liked it. It was fun. It was fine. Like it wasn't amazing. All right, Mister. All right, hold on, Mister Mac and Dad go to high school. All right, and the Three Stooges movie. 
Oh, I forgot about that shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, looking back, it's well that they thought that that was going to work. I, I guess maybe they thought enough boomers would go see it, but they did not. Like, my dad didn't even want to see it, and he loved <laughs> the Three Stooges. Bruh. Now, that's another thing. You can ask some young people, do you know who the Three Stooges are? They're going to look at you like you're crazy. I mean, I... I know of them from like TV lands because that was still a thing when I was growing up, but I never yeah. saw like, an episode of their show. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I remember watching it a little bit or whatever because my father used to watch the Three Stooges actually. I mean, I, but I also I, grew up watching I Love Lucy, Bewitched, Dream of June, Dream of Genie. I mean, I Dream of Genie, The Brady Bunch. I watched all because all those the 60s and 70s shows came on uh, Nick at Night. Nick at Night, right? yeah. Now I think about it. So, me and Keegan, if me and Keegan growing up in the 90s was watching those shows that came on in the 70s, is that like young people now growing up watching Moesha and the Parkers and living single? Yeah. Yeah, that's close. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, but it seems like the 90s don't seem as long ago from today as like us in the 90s. The 70s well, seemed well, like they was 40 years before the 90s. Well, what year were you born? 88. 88. Okay, so those shows were like 10 or 20 years before you? That, no, those shows those shows was like 25 years before us. 20 okay. years, yeah, okay, if we're born in 88, yeah, that was the 60s, so yeah, 60s and 70s. So a person born in like 2000, <laughs> that, that would have been like, that would have been 80 shows. 80 shows, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, like Full House, like I think Full House is like an easy Family Matters, like, yeah. Family yeah. Matters, yeah. I mean, Family Matters did not age well, though, so. Well, no. and I, I mean, like, I've thought about this. Uh, to put it in perspective, it's just, like, as we've gotten older and, like, the time gap. So, like, you know, I remember growing up, you know, we were born in 88, and so when I would be, like, 10, and when I would be, like, watching my parents watch, like, an old movie or we'd have Turner Classic movies on, and you see, like, these maybe movies from the 60s or 70s, and so they're, like, 25, 30 years old at that point, and, like, they're grainy and they've got like the, yep. the cigarette burns on them and all that and you're like man look at how old these old time movies are and so last year um at the theater uh they played sleepless in seattle and they had it on 35 millimeter and that movie came out in 93 and because it was on 35 millimeter like the first 20 minutes especially were like super rough and it had like a bunch of like it had a couple of skips it had that cigarette burn yeah and so like <laughs> Part of me was like, shit, like, yeah, like a, a kid who would be like any of these students now who was born in like 2002 is going to look at this movie that was like 10 years before their time and now is like, you know, 30 plus years old. They're going to view that the exact same way now. Yeah. And so like Amy and I were just sitting there being like, oh, damn. No, I don't know if I've told, I think I've told you this, Will, but I don't know if I've um, said this in front of Keegan. The one time I wanted to fight a student, right? <laughs> is when I was telling I told them that my favorite TV show ever is The Fresh Prince and their response was oh that makes sense because you're older <laughs> and I was like you know, even like when I was a kid I was I grew up on and this Re was probably like and this was probably like a and this was like a year or two ago right so you were you were like 24 years old yeah, this <laughs> is like, yeah. so like that student was probably like four years younger than you yeah, at the time, they were probably like, so let me do the math of when they were born. This was, this had to have been like 2018. 
and this student was either 19 or 20 years old. <laughs> so, and yeah, so, man, so you were even younger. So you were like almost still college age. Yeah. And they were like, well, it's because you're old. Yeah. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Man, these fucking kids. Jacory's at that age. It's wild. Jacory's at that age where they'll call him old. <laughs> I'll still never forget when one, like, this was a couple of years ago, but like a student legitimately, like, we were just joking around and talking about stuff. And she looked at me and was like, well, so do they even have memes when you were in college? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, like, fuck you. Like, you can't, you can't say that. Like, There's so many times where I look at my students like, how old do you think I actually am? Like, y'all don't, I don't think y'all can gauge time frames and ages anymore. Like, y'all are they, really they can't, Like, You know the amount of students who I hear say that 30 is old? That's wild as hell. That's wild. They, and they get on my fucking nerves. Well, um, I know about the Three Stooges. I just have to say this. Okay. The, the biggest Three Stooges fan I know is my middle school English teacher. And he's also one of the biggest Trump supporters I know. <laughs> yeah, no, that tracks. Like, that's, that, like, no, I mean, that makes sense. It makes he's sense. The type, he's the type of person to actually use the word libtard and not in like a funny way, like an actual <laughs> slur. Yeah. Keegan remembers when I first learned that word. Yeah, because I taught it to him and I regret it. Yep. Because I thought it was the funniest shit of all time. <laughs> um, another 2012 crappy movie. Do you remember The Devil Inside? I do remember that movie. It was so in Italy, a woman becomes involved in a series of unauthorized exorcisms during her mission to discover what happened to her mother, who allegedly murdered, murdered three people during her own exorcism. And I went to the movies to see that shit. Um, oh, another um, another um, Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, House at the End of the Street. Do y'all remember that one? No. It was when she moved like to a small town or whatever, and then she like, I think she witnesses a murder happen or something, and then they catch her or whatever. Keegan, do you remember that movie, House at the End of the Street with Jennifer Lawrence? Wasn't that like a remake of the old film, like House yeah. on House on the Left or something? Something like that, yeah, from like, I think the late 70s. Yeah, that came out. I wonder if they helped her be one of the highest paid actresses. Oh, Alex, Alex Cross with Tyler Perry. That came out in 2012? Yep, Alex Cross with Tyler Perry and Matthew Fox from Lost. That movie was crap. I went to the movies to see that. I only went because it was uh, Tyler Perry in it, and this girl's messing with wanted me to go see it. You had Piranha, Piranha 3DD. I remember that. You had LOL with Miley Cyrus. I remember that good shit. I don't remember that one. Oh, uh, Chernobyl Diaries. You had Chernobyl. I went to the movies to see that as well. That movie was suck. Yeah. And, and I didn't pay nothing, and I was still pissed off. Oh, uh, Medea's Witness Protection. <laughs> I didn't see that. Was, that's when I had stopped watching the Medea films. <laughs> I think the last Medea movie I watched was like a Medea's Christmas. There's a Medea's Christmas? Yeah. Of course there is. You know what movie I, I went to go see? What to expect when you're expecting. I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. <laughs> I went to the movies to see that shit. <laughs> yep, what to expect when you're expecting. I went to the movies to see oh. The Words with uh, 
Bradley Cooper and Zoe Sadania as well. Oh my god, how have we not talk, talked about Battleship? Oh, that movie was awful. Battleship the movie with Rihanna. Uh, oh yeah, that was that was Rihanna's like. Hold on, is that is that why Rihanna's fan base is called the Navy, or did that happen before Battleship? No, I think it happened around that time, actually. Yeah, because I don't remember when I was in high school. I think because my senior year is when she first came out, and I don't remember her saying Navy at all. I think it happened around that time because of Battleship. Okay, correct. Uh, all right, so we're gonna take one more break, and we'll be right back. So, take me back to 2012. Jacory, what do you feel like is your fondest memories from 2012? So, 2012 was like the second half of my junior year in high school and the first half of my senior year. So, I mean, a big thing that stands out to me is we all thought the world was going to end um, on the last, like, December 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My so, calendar, I remember yeah. going to school. Cause we had school that day. On, I think it was December 21st, 2012. And um, there were like three fights at my high school. <laughs> I don't know why that inspired people to fight. I guess they felt like they had to get stuff out before, before the world ended. Um, I remember I was in band at that time. So that took up like all my free time. And that's like, most of my memories of high school have to do with band because that was all I did. And it, it took up so much from us. But I forgot you was a band nerd. I was. I played saxophone for like eight or nine years growing up. All right, uh, Lisa Simpson over here playing like saxophone. That. But yeah, it was just, I mean, it was high school, so I was chilling. Like, I was having a good time. My last two years of high school was a lot of fun. Um, I remember, like, the music, including Chief Keef, and the movies that came out around that time were amazing, and they always will be to me because of that year. Um, yeah, so I was, I was living the life living a good life because you was going into your senior year in 2012 right okay um keegan what's what's you feel like your fondest memories of 2012 Uh, i think 2012 was i mean i was not i was not a fan of the election that year let me tell you that (laughs) you are an idiot (laughs) (laughs) you're an idiot uh uh, and that is the last time I get uh, invited back on. Hold on, 2012. Uh, that's when Lyft was first launched. By the way. Oh God. Yeah, that was when um, Lyft was. That was Hurricane Sandy. Uh, yeah. You had uh, what else happened in 2000? Obviously, Barack with uh, Keegan wasn't too fond of. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Wendy's became the number one hamburger chain overtaking Burger King. I mean, the number two hamburger chain, which is why the McDonald's, so many people shit on McDonald's, but someone's eating that shit because there's yep, number yep. one still. I'm about to go eat McDonald's right after this. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Bro, I have not had McDonald's in probably like 12 or 13 years. That's crazy. See, y'all be acting like y'all too good for me. Like when you were a broke high school student, who held you down? When all you had to do was walk up the street from your high school with a dollar in your pocket and you could get a hamburger. I never did that. Not even that, that, man. You could go get 39 cent cheeseburgers on Wednesdays. 
um, I would you can go to Taco Bell. That's back in the day when they had that 80 cent, 90 cent dollar menu as well back in the day. So I was at Taco Bell all the time getting me dollar burritos. So I mean, I McDonald's right up question. So after school, that was like the spot. What was? I said there was a McDonald's right up the street from my high school. So after school, that was always a spot. Oh. Um, real quick before you go do that, Keegan, the five the five most popular TV shows from 2012. Whereas NFL Sunday Night Football, which is probably still top five today. Uh, this is Us, which was also NBC. So I that might still be, huh? I didn't know that started back in 2012. It yeah, did, it yeah. Did mm. It's what it says on here. Let's look it up then, since he wants to motherfucker. I mean, this is Us started like four or five years that ago. Does, my, that doesn't seem like it. Wait a minute, why is that on here then? No, nah, didn't that start in like 2014 or 15? 16. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the hell is this bullshit? William, man? you need to check your sources. I sure do, because doesn't that end this year too? Yeah. Well, other either way, the other shows, NFL Thursday Night Football, which was back then on CBS, The Big Bang Theory, which that that's nice, one of those. That, that actually, that's the year that I was watching Big Bang Theory like every night. That was my. I show. did not like. I did not like the last couple of seasons. Those first five or six seasons was funny. Well, that, was, that was before the last few seasons. That was close enough to 2012. Had to be. I liked like the first four or five seasons. Well, I was watching a lot of reruns from like the early seasons too. Oh, so, because so, it started in 2007. So yeah, it was on like on its like sixth season by then. Because I mean, it had damn, it had twelve freaking seasons. God dang, they got paid. Oh, that's when the gluten free diet started in two thousand twelve. Yeah, that's when that natural natural and organic wines started really big back then as well. Huh. That's also um, um, LeBron and the Miami Heat when uh, LeBron won his first championship. Yeah. In 2012 against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who everybody said, man, that's a team for the future. And they had, who knew they would have three future MVPs, but they would go to different teams and not win them together. Ooh. And now James Harden's, I mean, very different than Aaron Rodgers, but in the sense where James Harden's become like a villain now, basically. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's weird that of the – superstars on that team he's the one getting vilified the most in this scenario when you're like okay but yeah like there's Kyrie that yeah like, that like yeah like, he's but there's, James there's, Harden there's there's a whole other like we can unpack so much about James Harden but like Kyrie could just walk into a CBS and and could just play like <laughs> He could he could just play basketball. That's all that it comes down to. James Harden is the most hated. He might be the most hated man in the NBA right now, to be honest. Him and well, I mean it's him or Ben Simmons. Yeah, it depends on who you fooling with. It's either him or Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, who are the most hated man in the NBA, which is crazy as hell. But when you look back in 2012 in NBA, who would have thought we'd be here at this time where Russell Westbrook is having one of the worst seasons of his career? James Harden's become one of the most hated men in the NBA. And now, which Kev Durant at one point was one of the most hated men in the NBA. And now everybody love. First they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. It's so very fucking true. It's wow. That's that's the mantra we're going to take from 2012. Um, Keegan, back to, so finish this off, like we were talking about. Um, 
What's your, what do we say? Your fondest memories from 2012? I think generally, I mean, like I said, I had a lot going on, but like the one thing I had going for me, man, like I was in shape. I was running 5K a day. <laughs> that was, was you doing, really? I was running 5K a day. Um, I was doing <laughs> touchdown push up workouts when I watched football. Um, I like, I like, like I said, I had a lot going on, like just with my life and the direction I was taking, but I was at least, I was at least in shape, man. I had that going for me. Oh, and now, man. and now basically since like 2014 or 15, I've just had like a, I've had a preemptive dad bod. So, which will soon be an actual dad bod. Oh, actual June, dad bod. <laughs> in June for those of you listeners who are, you know, tuned in right now. Yay. So. Congratulations, Kiki and Amy. That's a lot. 2012 is when I first started losing weight. That's when I first started. I was 274 pounds at that time at only 5'7". For uh, our friends across the aisle, that's 18 stone. Um, (laughs) Um, Just to give people kind of what he's talking about, uh, some of the students, they would post an old picture of me in our Facebook group and say, how much, guess, everybody guess how much Will weighed in this picture. Oh, wow. And and they're all, they would, I remember... I wouldn't even Jose. I can't remember. Someone else posted in the face. Jonell. Jonell did. Jonell, yes. Jonell. He found an old picture of me on Facebook from college, from undergrad and uh posted a picture and said, guess how much Will weighed in this picture. And all the students just started putting all kind of stuff. One ton, two tons, three cars. Like they was someone the- someone said an absolute unit and <laughs> during the work day. Like this is just, you know, throughout the work day. So, yeah. That's <laughs> any other person would be like, that's bullying. You shouldn't let them talk to you like that. And I was like, I thought we was bonding. I mean, it kind of was, but also, yeah, like it just was like, it's crazy to think even like five years ago, that was just like a different time. It sure was. They was, hey, they was clowning the hell out of me though. They was right. me. One of the, I, where I work now, one of the students, she posted, a, she took a picture of me and then put like wanted. And she was like, wanted, this man has infinite forehead wrinkles. Wow, That's what wow. she put. <laughs> she said, you have intimate forehead wrinkles. Like, that was creative and funny as shit. And then I was like, damn, when I be laughing or when I, like, look at that. I do have a lot of forehead wrinkles when I do that. So she wasn't lying. She wasn't lying. Uh, yeah, shout out to 2012. It was a good time. 10 years ago, it seems like a long ass time ago. My how things have changed. Barack became uh won the his second election. LeBron, that's what LeBron won his first championship. Think about at this time, 10 years ago, before LeBron, before summertime when he won the championship, they was like the joke was what did they say? Um, what's the difference oh, between oh. LeBron and go ahead? Uh it was like it was like a 75 cent joke where like, oh, you know, LeBron can't give you change because he's only gonna give you three quarters. Yeah, that's like what that. it was. I heard and the joke like LeBron is um teaming teaming up with Apple or something to come out with a new iPhone, but you can only get text messages on it because it has no rings. <laughs> there were just a lot, and I, like I've told Will this like over and over and over again, like especially like back when I was on Facebook, and like you could see like you know you posted this two years ago, and I was like, man, I straight up just was like loving being a LeBron hater, and now <laughs> I'm just like. Man, I really missed like an entire era of straight up dominant basketball just because like 
and I mean, like, even when it happened, and I didn't want to openly admit it, but like when he had the game six against the Celtics in the year they won the championship, I remember like sitting there being like, man, shit, <laughs> yeah, I, he's mad. Shit, shit, I guess he is really good, but I still hate him. And, and that's why it's, it's wild to see people show, it's still weird for me to see people showing LeBron so much love. Because we grew up in a time where they was on his ass, like they would talk about I, his hairline. Oh, the, bro, his his hairline. They said he wasn't clutch. He would never win a championship. They was on his ass, like we. And when you look back at those early Cleveland teams, who the fuck was on those teams back then? That's why. That's why LeBron's always won super teams and superstars because he knows what it's like to play when the second best player is fucking Zadrunas Ogalskis. Big Z and Mo Williams, baby. <laughs> Bruh. Anderson Virgil? Like, well, of course. So, of course, he's like, yes, I want all the superstars that I can get. Because I still, like, almost beat, like, the Celtics big three in their first year. <laughs> like, people talk about, like, that was a great game seven where, like, if a couple other buckets had gone his way, like, if he had knocked out, like, them by himself, geez, man. Right. So that's why it's just weird to see how things have changed because LeBron went from he'll never win a championship, no rings, all the jokes. They're just making fun of him in movies. What was that movie with um was it Bad right. Teacher? Bad no bad teacher with Cameron Diaz and the dude from um How I Met Your Mother. They yeah, was in there yeah. talking about LeBron and everything. Like it was all because it was he was like, like, like call me when LeBron has six championship rings. Yeah. Cause it was coming off the only argument I need. It's the yeah, it's the only argument I need, Timothy. Like, cause he was coming off that uh, that uh, that Mavericks loss, which in the in the clinching game he had like eleven points, eleven rebounds, and eleven assists. Which for a lot of other players that would be a hell. Like, imagine if Draymond Green had that stat line. That's a hell of a game for Draymond Green. But you can't do that if you Lebron. So it's just weird to see like the NBA landscape, and back then the. If you scored a hundred, that was a high scoring game back then. Shit, when me and no, when me and Keegan was fucking middle school, High school, like, yeah, yeah. That was man, playoff games was 77 to 74. <laughs> and like I barely was, I mean, like I was barely watching at that point too, because like I hated the Lakers and basketball was just like in its dark ages. Yes. Where it was like, oh well, the average score of like a Thursday night basketball game was gonna be like 76 to 63. Oh. That Pistons versus Spurs uh, championship series, that final series, I don't think any game got over, got to 90. No. Like, it, oh, that was fucking hor- We really was growing up. Like, you went from the 90s where it was, like, really dope basketball. Early 2000s was cool. But when it got to that little kind of around, what, like, 03 yeah. to, like, yeah. 07. Say about a, a four-year period, yeah. Oh, it was fucking horrible. And, that, and that's when Detroit was going to, like, five straight Eastern Conference finals and shit, too. Like, oh, uh, that was uh, – that uh, yeah, 03 to, like, 07 was probably some shitty, shitty basketball. <laughs> we really had shitty basketball. That's crazy. My Also, rap music was pretty shitty from, like, 03 to 07 as well. Like, you had the biggest rappers – was like Jay Z, Eminem, put, Nelly. Put some respect on Lil John and the East Side Boys, the Yin Yang Twins. This guy. Sometimes I still like. Am I? I'm like. Was it a fever dream or was like, like the Yin Yang Twins were like a thing, right? Like the Whisper they, song. They I were. can't believe. I can't believe yeah. that was a thing. That is what, bro. Listening to music now, 
And then to think about like the Whisper song was a huge song. That is crazy as hell. I and mean, then David Banner even came out with a Whisper song as well. Like that was a real thing. I couldn't imagine if I was like in college at that time and they playing that song at a party and just somebody whispering, that's crazy as hell. What a time to be alive. I mean, if anything, also, when people uh, complaining oh, about like- Say it again, ahead, Corey. That Yin Yang Twin song, um, Salt Shaker, what was the name of it? Salt Shaker. That was, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like, they had really hype club music too. Oh yeah, that was, man, when, that was like when Atlanta started becoming like, they were saying the new Atlanta and they're taking yeah. over. And it was just Atlanta club music so much. That was that was an era right there. But music was wasn't it wasn't creative. Everybody was trying to do the snap era, trying to do the snap music at that time. So it wasn't really that creative. Everybody was doing the same old thing. And now at least now the market is saturated with so much. And now it's you have access to all the music. But it's so much music that you end up listening to the same shit all the time because you'll find something you like and then you don't try to discover new music a lot of times. And that's what a lot of people are doing, yeah. which is wild as hell. So what a time to be alive. Um, none is saturated with music, movies. The NBA probably has the most talent it's ever had across the board. Like there's talent all over the place. Uh, the points are all over the place. High scoring offenses. Now it's, it's the opposite from when me and Keegan was teenagers. Like, the defense is fucking horrible now. Like, defense fucking sucks, but it's more entertaining like this, though. So I'll take this. I mean, it's, the same, it's the same in every sport. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, damn, man, it's crazy. Base, even baseball, football, basketball, even hockey. Like, all this shit is crazy. They all really are. Like, we got to protect the players, fuck defense, and we got to get this money and get these points. That's crazy. All right. Um, anything? Any you want to wrap up? Wrap it up on 2012 at all? Anything? Any last thing you want to say? Mm, well, I'm glad. I guess it didn't end that year, <laughs> even though. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, that would have been kind of fine if it did. Yeah. <laughs> With the way shit's been since 2016, <laughs> then we went from Trump being president going right into a pandemic. Like, yeah, I would have missed out on my whole college experience, but I think it's a necessary sacrifice. Damn, that's dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, guess we'll end it on that. <laughs> well, oh, good kisses, everyone. <laughs> right. Um, I guess the name of this episode is um, Necessary thing Sacrifices. Things should have ended in 2012. Things should have ended. <laughs> Things <laughs> should have ended in 2012, yes. Or should necessary be all capitalized, yeah. Or necessary sacrifices. One of those. Um, this has been another hour of the chicken and the hour. Thanks to Kiki and Dr. Clark. Another great episode, great conversation. Uh, y'all be blessed. Have a great uh rest of y'all week. Eat some chicken and drink some liquor. Been another hour.